Hello and welcome back to the Sports Beat Podcast. Colton Hall coming at you live. Uh, we got Tristan here, I, uh, you know, obviously. And I, I before we even start, like as rocky as a show as that was, I, your your the back of your room makes up for it because of how much like how much it puts it mind to shame. I've got a Teddy Bridgewater poster. Um, that it, it, it's old, but I'm getting a Vikings flag next week, Vikings fans. So those of you that watch this on YouTube, but man, talk about your setup. It, it, it looks great. Thanks, I appreciate it. Yeah, we just moved into a new crib about a week ago, and I had to get my office set up right for the internship that I'm now doing home from home virtually, and of course for the podcast. So I got all my Packers memorabilia up here, my yeah. autographed Devonte Adams jersey, of course. I couldn't get an Aaron jersey because they were a couple thousand bucks. But uh, yeah, I'll settle for Devonte Adams. <laughs> yeah, come on, that's Aaron Rodgers. Of course, you're not gonna like you're not gonna spend your life savings on that. But I mean, if you if you were to get one, uh, you know, any way you could, it'd be pretty cool. Um, no, but uh, those of you that watch us on YouTube, make sure to check out. Uh, uh, continue to watch us on YouTube because you can see uh, Tristan's uh, cool new office. Uh, Great right nice setup. <laughs> yeah, biggest setup, uh, one to ten. I guess I'm not bringing anything to the party, but it's just how it goes. Um, we're going to go ahead and get started tonight. Uh, we got, we're covering actually quite a bit. A lot of stuff's happened, even though no, uh, I mean, really NASCAR is only going to be playing right now. But, uh, I mean, to be honest with you, we don't really cover NASCAR. But uh, one of the things, but we're going to actually cover a lot, though. Uh, the Dalvin Cook contract, you know, things with Drew Brees, uh, his comments, the, um, the uh, tragic death of George Floyd, uh, you know, and, and the controversy that a lot of teams, a lot of, um, you know, people are speaking on. And also, uh, you know, a bold. We have actually also going to talk about a bold surprise cut that our team could make. And finally, Henry Ruggs uh, had an injury before he's even really stepped on the football field. Before we do, we'll make sure we want to ask you guys to subscribe down below, leave us a like and a comment, uh, as well as uh, we, you know. Also, just leave us uh, give your rating of, of Tristan's uh, background there uh, as well. Uh, but also, also remember check out our website at thesportsbeatpodcast.com. Uh, let's start with the Dalvin Cook contract. Because uh, that's kind of the newest thing that we got going on here. Uh, as a Vikings fan, I think uh, I, I'm going to take this one if that's okay, my man. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Now, uh, I, first off, I want to say that uh, I love Dalvin Cook, uh, even though he's uh, has had some injury problems in the past. Uh, I think it's uh, kind of a general consensus. I was just checking out Twitter. The Wilfs donated $5 million to racial injustice programs, and Dalvin Cook retweeted it with a purple heart. Now, I don't know about you, Tristan, but it, it seems to me that if there was bad blood between an organization and, and a player, uh, it, it wouldn't. There would not be any hearts and any things of the saying. So that 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 first impression tells me that there, there's no necessarily bad blood between him and the organization. It's just the fact that man wants his dough. So I support that. I think uh, Dalvin Cook, in terms of money wise, I think that he deserves at least a ten million dollar contract. And uh, but l- l- I I do think he does deserve incentives. So if he plays more. Then say you know sixteen if he plays all sixteen games and you know he produces has over twelve hundred yards rushing ten touchdowns all that jazz I think he deserves incentives as well that could bring his contract up to you know to twelve thirteen because correct me if I'm wrong I don't think anybody has ever doubted Dalvin Cook's ability on on the football field they've doubted his ability to stay healthy and that's really the the main concern with a guy like Dalvin Cook I think Dalvin Cook is a top three running back. I really do. I think it's Christian McCaffrey, um, Alvin Kamara, and Dalvin Cook. I think those are the top three running backs in the NFL um, at the current time. Um, but again, I, I do that trying to be, uh, you know, as objective as possible because I mean that's that's what that's what works for good sports and and, uh, and good takes. But um, I, I just want to kind of quote an article 
Uh, I took this information from an article from Pro Football Focus, excuse me. Under the new CBA rules, uh, fines are mandatory, meaning that even a player that was like just misses a day uh, of training camp, they're always going to happen. They are uh, they are going to happen. The fines are going to happen. So um, if a player misses uh, one day, like let's say they make $40,000 a day, okay, the first day they make, they you know, or they could get fined up to $40,000. Well, then those fines are going to increase throughout the next however long they miss, and they're going to continue to increase each day that they miss. And they can't miss, I believe it's, uh, they the, uh, can't miss more than five days uh, of camp. Um, and then also, uh, his contract would roll over into the next year if he does, in fact, decide to hold out, meaning uh, if he sits out this entire year, uh, he won't hit free agency. He will have to come back for the Vikings that next year and have to play for them. So in, in my mind... Delvin Cook has no leverage here, and I'm not saying that to be rude. I'm, I love Delvin Cook. I think he is a, a fantastic running back. I think he's a great person. Um, there was some kind of character concerns, not necessarily about Delvin, but the people he was hanging out with in college when he was first drafted by the Vikings. I haven't heard a peep out of the man in, what, three or four years in the NFL? Three years in the NFL, excuse me. And I think he's been a model citizen and a great uh, addition to the Vikings locker room. But... Uh, you got no leverage right now, dude. I think in Delvin's, uh, in order for Delvin to get the, the best thing for Delvin, honestly, right now is to go to work, go to camps, go to training camp, play out the preseason. He's going to have a carry in preseason, maybe. And then he's going to go, uh, he needs to play all 16 games. And then that's where he's going to get his money because the Vikings are going to make some surprise cuts. I'll get into that a little bit later that I believe will free up some money for him and, um, uh, fellow, uh, Viking Anthony Harris. Uh, but basically, the thing I'm taking from this, there's no bad blood. The Vikings take care of their own. They've so, shown a history of doing that. They have the vast majority of their roster. They they have they have drafted and continued to extend because they have performed. Um, and that's what the Wills and uh, Rick Spielman is all, have always driven home. If you play well, you get paid well. So um, I, again, Devil Cook, I feel like has no has no leverage, uh, and I think it would be a bonehead move for him to sit out because of he wants more money. I agree he needs more money. He deserves more money. But for the money you're making now, it makes no sense for you to miss the time and uh, and the training camp uh, and to lose all the money that you would be making right now without a contract extension. I mean, it's the pandemic. If you're if, if uh, he probably, he's not making much right now, uh, you know, as much as he could, not even close. But point is, why sacrifice what literally you're making in order to make a point when everybody knows you're going to get your contract? Uh, or if not, you're going to get it from another team. But anyway, that's my take on it. I believe Delvin Cook deserves a contract. Uh, what about you? What, what, what's your? What, how are you looking at this? Yeah, I agree with mostly everything you said. Uh, he's very good. I'm not sure if I put him top three. I'd put him top five. Um, okay. I think he's a very good running back. I don't think he's worth what he's asking for, maybe, because I heard it's rumored he's asking for Christian McCaffrey money. Yep, it doesn't which, deserve it. Which is absurd. Um, you're you're a very good running back, but you're also a liability. Like, there's no... we. I don't know if he's ever played a full season yet. I know he didn't last year. Um, but, you know, his, his talent... Do you genuinely think if he doesn't get extended that he's going to hold out? Because we've seen... In recent past, running backs that hold out because of contracts, it screws them. Um, they end up taking a loss, and they end up just, you know, getting traded for a bag of potato chips or something like that. It doesn't work out for the running backs that hold out. So do you genuinely think Dalvin Cook's going to be the guy that holds out? 
I don't think he holds out, and here's a couple of reasons why. I think he's a good teammate. I think he did that out of emotion, wanting his contract. And number two, I think the Vikings are trying to extend Anthony Harris at the moment for at least uh, two to three more seasons because he's a really good safety. Then I think he was the number one rated safety, and then uh, and then Harrison Smith was the number two um, per for pro football focus, excuse me. So I don't think he holds out. I think he's a little emotional right now. Understandably so. The man deserves more money. He, uh, like we've said, the question at hand is not his talent. The question is his injury history and his health. So I don't, personally, no, I don't think he holds out. No, I, I don't think he will either. I mean, the second part of this that I've kind of been looking into more uh, that I think the NFL needs to take a, a harder stance on is you guys signed a contract. You... You signed a legal document saying you will play this long for this amount of money. And if you decide to hold out, we can sue you for it. Uh, I know we've never seen this. We probably never will because they just give him more money whenever they ask for it because they need them on their football team. But I don't think it'll happen with Minnesota. They take good care of their players. If they can pay Kirk that much, uh, Kirk needs Dalvin. Uh, I mean, their backup running backs, uh, Madison and... Mike Boone. Um, Boone. I mean, they've showed they can perform. Yeah. So I wouldn't be surprised to see Minnesota not extend him or lowball him. But yep. I I do think they will extend him just because I agree with you. I think they take care of their players and they do pay players when it's necessary. But he's not going to get the contract he's looking for. Um, but going back to what I mentioned before, I think the NFL needs to take a stand on the whole contract situation. Like, all these players sign contracts to play a certain amount of time for a certain amount of money. And then when they have one or two years left remaining of their contract, all of a sudden they're saying, I'm not going to play. I want more money. But it says in your contract, you're going to play for that amount of money. So it's a big legal issue. I don't, I'm not, I don't think it's going to keep happening. I think something's eventually going to be done, but I, I don't think Dalvin's going to hold out even if they don't pay him. Uh, Cause it's just, you know, we've seen that running backs can't just miss a year for holding out. And then, come back the next year expecting to get that amount they were originally holding out for. It's not going to happen. Melvin so, Gordon's a perfect example. Yeah, Melvin Gordon's a perfect example. You know, Zeke held out. Um, he got what he was wanting. Um, but, you know, Todd Gurley got completely screwed by it. Because um, he's not getting the money he originally wanted, I don't think. But he never held out. He wasn't in the same situation. But mm-hmm. it's just... It's not a good situation for running back to be in, and I don't think it's going to favor Dalvin Cook well. Um, especially Ryan Joyce mentioned the topic when he was on our show, the longevity of running backs and the value of running backs and the type of running back a team needs. Minnesota had what they need in Madison and Boone. Um, I feel like they're perfectly competent with those two running backs. You don't That's need it. a superstar overpaid running back to win football games. So yeah. if, they can, if they can look at it that way, like, we don't need you that bad. I mean, we have... We have Alexander Madison and Mike Boone who can – I'm not sure which one plays almost identical to Dalvin Cook. I want to say it's Madison. It's Madison, yep. But if you have guys that can do that, you know, we don't need to pay you. We can just draft another running back next year. But Absolutely. I don't think he's going to hold out. I think he'll play this year, um, like you said. Probably won't play in the preseason. But if he can play all 16 games and be as productive as he has been in recent you know, memory this last year when he was healthy, then I could see him getting a huge contract. I actually agree with you. And I thank you for bringing up the running backs. That's a whole other thing I wanted to touch on. And you're absolutely right. Mike Boone and Alexander Madison are two great running backs, but we're also forgetting about uh, Amir Abdullah, who has really kind of had a resurgence in his uh, career. Now, he is 
shown uh, he's not necessarily shown that he is uh, a number one or a number two running back, but he's a guy that's going to come in and contribute on special teams. I mean, he caught a touchdown pass against the Chiefs. I think he's really shown though that uh, he could be a valuable number, you know, three or maybe even four running back if a, uh, if a roster decides or a team decides to carry four running backs. The, the point is, um, you're at, uh, that's exactly right, Alexander Madison and Mike Boone. I don't think I'm more I've been more comfortable uh, in terms of the Vikings running backs in terms of depth. Uh, or, or in terms of playmakers, uh, and I the, the great thing about Mike Boone was the fact that I mean week 17 he got the start against the Bears and ran for uh, over I believe it was over 140 yards and I, I think when you have that type of talent you 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 are you obviously want Delvin Cook back um, but if at the end of the day if you you tell him hey we need you to play a season and then we'll give you your money or if we, we give you a little bit of a taste like eight to ten million and then if you can stay healthy then we'll give you your long-term deal i think that's really uh the, the best course of action for the vikings because if you if right now if the vikings are going to uh make a bet on delvin cook's health i don't think that's very smart especially with his history so if, if, if we've learned anything history repeats itself um do you have anything you want to say about that big guy or can we move on to the next thing no i agree with you his health his health has got to be the number one concern when the Vikings are looking about paying him. I mean, he's never been healthy for a full season. And I don't think it's uh, fair to tell him if you can play a full 16 games, we'll give you money. Maybe if you can play, if you could play 12 to 14 games as productive as you should be, we can't, I mean, injuries happen. Um, It's nothing you can control, but you you can't miss more than half the season. Yeah, Yeah, we'll see what happens. It'll be interesting. Exactly. Um, let's move into the next thing here. We're going to move into the Vikings and Packers uh, responses to the George Floyd, uh, the tragic death of George Floyd, the, the whole entire situation. Uh, we'll go to you uh, to kind of talk about your feeling on how the Packers have handled the situation. Um, and not really, it's it really to me it's a shame, but I, I feel like there's some clubs are handling it better than others. Yeah, I think Green Bay, the Packers have been one of the organizations that have handled it better than a lot of others because of. I'm not sure what they've done so far as far as dona- donations, uh, but they put together a couple of social media things. Like They put together a video with their most important players. Aaron Rodgers actually wrote the script for the video where they basically just stood out against you know, all the uh, abuse of power and the, the, un- yep. yeah, the unproportional targeting of the African-Americans, I guess. Uh, I guess, I mean, it was basically just raising awareness about uh, racial injustice, but mm-hmm. I thought it was really cool that they did that, and, you know, for Aaron Rodgers to be a part of it, I mean, it's no secret, being a white quarterback or a white owner in the National Football League, your voice carries more weight to it than most anybody else's. Like, when Drew Brees gave his, I mean, we'll probably talk about this, yeah. uh, when he said what he said, I mean... Everybody went off on him because. Let's talk about it now. Go ahead. Yeah. Let me yeah. Like, what, if it was, I mean, if it was a nobody quarterback, not not nobody, but if it was somebody, if it was a black quarterback that said mm-hmm. that, I'm not saying the same reaction would have happened. But if it was a less prominent quarterback, the same reaction wouldn't have happened. So I think these guys have a really big platform, and their voice carries so much more weight than everybody else's. So it was super important for Aaron to come out and say the right things. Matt Lafleur was part of the video. He said the right things. Mark Murphy, the president, released a big statement. I thought they handled it a lot better than I thought they would. Um, I thought they were going to be kind of silent about it because I haven't really seen them post or do anything much about it ever. But I was really impressed with how Green Bay has handled the situation. 
and how all the players are actively taking a stand against racial injustice. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, you know, I, um, you know, for me, I, I'm looking at the way the Vikings answered it now. Um, obviously, we talked about the Vikings organization uh, donating $5 million to uh, causes for racial inequality. And I, I know I absolutely 100% support that. And it's, it's, it's a shame it's gotten this far, really. I mean, it's, we, you know, it's, it's almost, you know, I've, I've heard people say, you know, we'll pass this. We're not. And I think that's something that really needs to be uh, echoed. And I think I saw, you know, a Facebook post the other day of one of my friends. You know, she said that we can't become quiet. We can't become complacent. And I full heartedly agree with that. I think some of the most game changing uh, moves in history were made by people that were uh, not satisfied with being heard. You know, they, they, they were not satisfied. So I think that's kind of a big thing here. But as far as the Vikings responses, you know, other than donating, I felt that, you know, Eric Kendricks and um, Anthony Barr both came out in, in public statements saying, you know, uh, you know, we, we, well, they want to know where the NFL stands. And I feel like Eric Kendricks' response in which he, uh, he didn't – I don't think he necessarily called out the NFL. Uh, you know what? I think he you – know, let's change that. He called out the NFL because he wants to know how they're going to handle the situation. He wants to know – he wants answers. And I think that's a very valid thing to want. I think I mean, especially in a situation like this where, you know, he said, you know, the, the league has been – where the league is is mainly made out of African American uh, players, and I think coming back and looking at this uh, in his perspective and Eric Kendrick's perspective, th- th- we don't know. That's the that's really the main sh- the, the the main answer we uh, we can give is we, we don't know what it feels like, and I think that was really what helped uh, Mike Zimmer. And I'm gonna quote this is a quote he put out in a Zoom meeting with the Vikings players. He said, "I don't understand, and maybe I haven't y- given this as much attention." But I know I love every single one of you guys in this room, and I'll fight for you guys just like you are my own sons. Now, this does two things for me. Number one, it shows me that, yes, the Vikings players are taking a proactive approach to stopping racial injustice. But it also shows me that the coaches and the organization is moving forward, uh, not just with donations. They are showing and saying, hey, we are with you. We are together in this, and I think that's that, that's a powerful thing, especially coming from a professional organization. So I feel like this uh, – Again, the, we can't become complacent. We can't become quiet in a situation like this. And I'm, I'm very, uh, the, like I said, the number one thing it does for me, it shows that the organization is with the players on this. And number two, man, it makes me want to play for Mike Zimmer. Like I, I realize that a lot of people uh, might just say something like this, but with Mike Zimmer, he is a very literal, very straightforward, tell you how it is kind of guy. And when he says something like that, you know he means it. So Mike Zimmer, the way he handled this, you know, I, I read an article um, earlier uh, today when we were kind of getting ready for the show and it was by uh, Matthew Collar um, you guys should check it out it's at bringmethenews.com and uh, he, he basically wrote about how a team meeting helped Mike Zimmer uh, it's, it's called Collar, uh, Collar how a team meeting helped Mike Zimmer earn his team's trust now uh, that is very clearly the, what happened like he, the way he responded was the way that a head coach should respond especially a white head coach now, I'm not saying that just because he's what he has to respond differently uh, because blah, blah, blah. I'm, what I'm saying is he doesn't understand and he acknowledged that. So he reached out to some of uh, he reached out to some of the higher ups uh, in the organization, including coaches and, uh, you know, and assistant coaches, excuse me, about the whole situation, how he should handle this. And I think that he um, and Eric Kendrick said he was even pleased how he responded because it's the fact that we don't know. We don't know how they feel, but. The thing is, is all we can do is, is stand up and fight with them uh, and for them. And I think that is exactly what uh, Mike Zimmer portrayed in uh, in his speech in the Zoom meeting. And I'm very, I'm proud. Like, I think that's, again, that makes me want to play for Mike Zimmer. That makes me want to go ahead and say, okay, all right, 
let's do this. So, um, uh, do you do, do let's kind of like shift focus more back to the Drew Brees thing here. You know, Drew Brees uh, came out and said that he basically in an Instagram post that he did not support uh, that anybody kneeling for the flag in any reason. And a couple of his teammates came out. Alvin Kamara came out, um, and it, it it was kind of the thing where I think a, a lot more of his teammates were shocked really than anything. Um, and Michael, even Michael Thomas came out and said something too, you know, and I think um, the main thing, I think they were shocked at how he handled it. Now we put out a couple of apology videos because I think that's important here. You have to be able to admit when you're wrong and being able to see both sides of it. And uh, he, I think he's looking at it different ways, which that's where change happens. That's where people start to see. When you look at different perspectives, you start to see that type of thing. So that makes me happy that he was at least able to see where they were coming from. But his initial response, um, I don't think was very... Well managed, especially given the cert, the, the current situation of what, what's going on. I don't think that um, he handled the best. What were your thoughts overall on the Jubilee situation? Uh, you know, I originally saw a lot of Twitter posts, you know, calling out Jubilee. So I YouTube it later that night and I watched it and he said, basically, I don't, I'll never <clears throat> um, support disrespecting the flag, kneeling during the national anthem, yada, yada, yada. And, you know, everybody... Everybody in the league went off on him. I mean, his teammates went off on him. Zadaria Smith uh, posted a picture on Instagram. We played the Saints week two or three, and he posted a picture of the Saints game on the schedule, and he said week three can't come soon enough. And <laughs> he just basically put a huge target on his back. He couldn't have said something worse at the worst time. At a worse time. Uh, if he would have said like that, something like that, maybe at a different time, I don't think it would have been perceived as bad and it wouldn't have forced him to come out and apologize but if you're asked a question like that in a time like this i feel it's no matter where you stand on it no matter if you support kneeling or you don't support kneeling i feel you need to stay neutral um you you just need to say i you know i don't have much of a stance on it i support peaceful protest blah blah Mm -hmm. blah he shouldn't have said he didn't support it because his own teammates it, it turned his teammates against him. And I think there's a lack of trust. Even though he apologized and they supposedly accepted his apology, I do think there's going to be some bad blood um, just because they know his real feelings. The only reason Drew Brees apologized is because how bad he got called out. I genuinely do not believe his apology. Um, I still feel deep in his heart he doesn't, he does not uh, support kneeling for the flag or mm-hmm. kneeling for the anthem. He never will. He said it. Yeah. That's how he felt. But it was good, I guess, that he apologized. If I was him, I'm not somebody who really apologizes for things I say or the way I feel. Um, but in his situation, it was probably a good thing he did. I still feel like there's going to be a big target on his back from defensive players, maybe even <laughs> his own teammates. But I think it could have been handled a lot better. You know, good on him for coming out and apologizing. I would not have apologized if I said something like that because... I don't want to seem fake to people. Mm-hmm. I think Drew Brees is coming off a bit fake now that he apologized because now we don't really know what he thinks about it. But I, I do think he should have stayed neutral on the topic, maybe sided with his teammates instead of saying that. But you know, it is what it is. I'm sure it'll be it'll be forgotten, not and not too long. You know, a couple weeks into the season, nobody's gonna care about it anymore. Yeah, and absolutely. going yeah, back I... to peaceful protesting, I do yeah. think. Um, like you had mentioned, the players calling out the league, um, mm-hmm. calling out Roger Goodell to basically say 
you know, we we support peaceful protest. We basically blah blah blah. We're against racial injustice, all that stuff. And he Roger Goodell made the video. He said all these things, put it on Twitter, and then immediately got back got backlash from all the players that told him to say it. So I don't know what the players expect from Roger Goodell. I do expect there's going to be almost everybody from every team taking a knee during this mm-hmm. next NFL season. I think the next big issue that's going to be brought up is whether it's televised. Mm-hmm. Um, this is going to be big week one, or maybe even during the preseason. They're not. I don't. I do not think they're going to televise any of the players kneeling. They'll probably, if they do, it'll probably just be a little one or two second clips of players kneeling. But that's going to be a big issue in itself. That's the next big issue, big issue I foresee coming is the the uh, the televised kneeling. But you know, it is what it is. It's all going to blow over, I would assume, here soon, and Drew Brees' comments will be forgotten. Mm-hmm. I, uh, you know, a couple of years ago when the um, when we were facing a similar situation, I think that the, the Vikings players all stood, I believe, was at, uh, on the sideline and hooked arms together. And I was like, okay. Now, I realize that everybody's kneeling, but I think as an organization to hook arms like that, like, I think that was more united. Not necessarily saying, um, like, Obviously, the taking knee together is united, but I just felt like that was more united. That that was more symbolic. Arm in arm, we stand with you. You know what I'm saying? Like I felt like that was um, that, that meant a lot more. Um, I, that, that's just at least the way I think about it, um, because I think a lot of people were doing it together. Uh, in the term, it's just at least from the Vikings' perspective, I think it meant more from an organization yeah. perspective to be. Able to, um, anyways. Uh, let's kind of get through this, uh, and we're gonna touch on now the the uh, the NBA is back, baby. The NBA has now decided to resume the season with 22 teams, not, uh, 13 Western and 9 Eastern. Eight regular season games will be awarded per team. Um, basically, most of the teams will be playing for that eighth seed. Uh, the, the season is set to begin July 31st uh, and go through August. Well, um, man, what it, I, I, I'm just excited. Like, I, I'm, I'm happy that things are moving on. Uh, things are kind of getting back to normal-ish. Uh, and I think people are really starting to... Uh, if you have been driven down a bit, optimism is looking up for the most part. Um, but I do think that uh, the, the NBA season they owed it to my Lakers to be able to come out and try to go try to win uh, go try to win another ring. Uh, but you know we'll see what happens. What are your thoughts on this, my man? Terrible idea. <laughs> um, I mean, it's cool. The NBA is back. I would have canceled the season. And, really? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's players left and right saying if you bring back the NBA, I'm not playing. Um, not superstar players. I'm sure, you know, Braun's going to play. And all the other good players will play. But there's players saying, you know, if you bring back the season, we're not going to play. I can't remember who said it exactly, but I just saw it a couple days ago. And a lot of the players, you know, it's it's questionable whether or not everybody's going to be in top shape. Um, because yeah. they had a lot of time off. And they probably didn't think the season was going to come back. Um, I don't know. I just think it's really goofy. I mean, it's cool that they're doing it. I just don't foresee the teams being what they were when the season ended earlier this year. Mm-hmm. I don't think anybody's going to be as good or as fresh. I don't think we're going to get as good of games. Um, that's just my opinion. I mean, I don't think... I don't know. I don't know what to expect. It'll be interesting. I'll watch. I'll watch the postseason when it mm-hmm. happens. And I don't know. Are they doing a... Uh, are they still doing a five-game... Uh, like playoffs, like you got to play best of five still, or are they shortening it? I'm not exactly sure. I still, I knew that they are coming back. Um, uh, let me kind of, kind of get come back on that. But I mean, I still think that it's, 
at some point, I think we were going to see, especially uh, with all the media coming out, the, the season was going to be going back on. Um, and I think that it, it's kind of a good thing in some cases, but I do get why some key players or possibly, you know, maybe bench, but whoever, I can understand why they would feel uncomfortable. Yeah, there's a lot of players that feel uncomfortable. And, you know, looking at the NFL, they just started allowing coaches back into the facilities this last week. Um, mm-hmm. Players, I'm not sure when they're letting them in. I haven't been following that. Mm-hmm. I assume it'll be soon in a limited capacity. But, you know, all these players are working out together outside of the facilities anyways. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is working out with David Bakhtiari and Clay Matthews every morning. Uh, mm-hmm. So I don't, I don't know. I mean, the preseason is going to be shortened. I yep. 100% guarantee it. They, they mentioned something about it earlier. Might have been today or yesterday. They're thinking about cutting this preseason to two games, maybe? Uh, here it is. The restart of the 2020 NBA regular season will be a 16-game affair beginning on July 31st, with five to six games played per day during that span. Each team play, uh, will be playing these games uh, one back-to-back. Uh, there's a potential of a play-in tournament for the eighth seed in each conference as well, which would be triggered by the number nine team finishing with four games of the number eight seed. These teams would match up in a series where the stronger record side wouldn't be just one win to secure their position in the 2020 NBA playoffs. Well, the lower uh, team would win uh, would have to win two games in a row to un- uh, unsurp the spot. Uh, usurp the spot, excuse me. Um, all series will be the best of sevens, uh, but the league plans to condense the postseason as much as possible by moving up start dates for each round based on uh, when the previous one ends. Uh, basically, yeah, it's going to be best of seven, and they're, they're going to try to condense them down and move everything up. Um, and I, I, it'll take uh, the game seven would take that place till no later than October 12th to determine the champion after the final uh, conference final drop up. Excuse me. Um, basically, I see this like again, 22 players, uh, or excuse me, 22 teams uh, that are going to be able to participate. Um, and I think it's going to be it's going to be fun. I know my Lakers says right here they play the Rockets, Nuggets, the Jazz, the Jazz, Raptors. Uh, Pacers, Trailblazers, and the Heat or the Magic, uh, well, Trailblazers with an asterisk, as well as the Heat or Magic with an asterisk. So I think it's kind of, a, the Lakers are shooing, we kind of know that. Um, but I mean, I'm going to give you guys also the schedule here as a, the kind of things kind of move forward. Obviously, uh, the, tw- it, the season will start back up at the end of July, but on June 22nd, uh, coronavirus testing will begin uh, of, of players. So I think that's going to be, you know, give people a lot more comfort in this situation um in june 30th training camp begins in home markets uh july 7th all teams will travel to orlando and then finally in july 31st the nbc the nba season will resume august 25th nba draft lottery uh october 15th nba draft 2020 Woo! uh and then finally free agency begins on october 18th november 10th training camps for the 2020-21 campaign and then it looks like the NBA season will start uh, in December officially. So and this will push, I think, a lot of things back in order to catch up with uh, with how the season would normally go. I think they're going to have to do a lot of this. All this information is uh, via Forbes.com, by the way. Um, and I, I think in one, if the 2020 season does actually start, uh, the, the, in other words, next season, 
uh, and if it does start in December, I do think they're probably going to have to look at this, do it the same thing they were doing with the playoffs this year in that by pushing a lot of games up, uh, not as much rest in between. Um, and that's just how it goes. Now, that kind of uh, puts me into question, or at least I have to ask the question of, okay, some of these older teams uh, that have some of these superstars that are a little older, how will that be fair for them? But, you know, that's, uh, I mean, that's just the impact that the coronavirus has had. Um, so overall thoughts, uh, so please expand on the, the fact that you believe that it's a little bit premature and why you wouldn't, uh, you just, what, like, why do you believe that it's still a little bit premature, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. I just think it's stupid. I mean, <laughs> flat out. I think it's a dumb idea to bring the NBA mm-hmm. season back because it's going to mess everything up in the future. It's going to mess up the whole next NBA season. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of players that are going to be free agents after this season, but it's not like... Uh, I don't know. The NBA could try to figure out some. I don't even know what I'm trying to say, but that's that's the biggest issue. I think is going to be contracts, players yep. that are free agents after this year. Um, I don't know. I just wouldn't do it simply for the fact it's going to mess up the whole next season and maybe yep. the season after that. I mean, we don't know yep. how long it could go on because the players yep. need their off season. They need their full off season, yep. and. It's just going to mess things up. So, you know, if I was a player, my vote would be forget this season. Like, let's just try to start on time next season. Let's figure out a way the free agents, the people that were going to be free agents after the season can maybe sign some kind of clause or something that gives them another season with their team. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. It's really goofy. But my personal opinion would have just been to cancel the NBA season. But Mm -hmm. uh, that's just where I stand on it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then finally, we're going to move into um, a surprise or bold cut that our team could make. Um, I'm going to start with you. Give me one player you see your team that could possibly cut that everybody's like, uh, what? Um, I haven't given this a whole lot of thought, but the more I look at it, I would say... Are we talking this offseason or like in the next year, maybe? This, like before, yeah, this offseason, yes. This offseason, maybe Jamal Williams, the running back. Um, Yeah, because we just got, we just, I mean, they drafted A.J. Dillon, the running back from Boston College in the second round, and that dude's a freak. I mean, he might not have put up the numbers that other good running backs did, but neither did Aaron Jones, Mm -hmm. and he's a good running back. A.J. Dillon, he posted a picture on Instagram or Twitter earlier today. He is a freak of nature-looking human being. And yep. he is probably a better version of what Jamal Williams has been for Green Bay. I, yep. I know Jamal Williams has been working a lot on his pass catching, but I think the only reason he's working on his pass catching is because that's what's going to save him in Green Bay. Yep. Um, because he knows they brought in A.J. Dillon to be a power back to run up the middle, and that's what they use Jamal Williams for. But I think A.J. Dillon's going to do that better than Jamal Williams did it. So... I don't know. I mean, they they drafted a running back last year too. Uh, Flexman Dex, that's his Twitter handle. Uh, Dexter Williams. Yeah, Dexter yeah, yeah. Williams from Notre Dame. So it's they have a full running back room. So if not Jamal Williams this year, Aaron Jones next year. Um, <laughs> I don't think they can afford. I don't know. I don't think Aaron Jones is the type of guy that's gonna want a huge, massive contract. I mean, I didn't think Dalvin Cook was either. So you yeah. just never you never know, but you know I could see him cutting or moving on from Aaron Jones next year. I could see him moving on from Jamal Williams this year. Yep. Maybe uh, trading away Jordan Love. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we'll see. That'd be 
But yeah, that's if I had to make a bet on somebody, it's either going to be Tremont Williams, our corner, or it's going to be Jamal Williams, the running back. Mm-hmm. Uh, personally, uh, I would be surprised uh, for the Vikings if Riley Reef makes it to the the regular season. Now, I realize Riley Reef is uh, has been a, a, a above average offensive tackle, but for the most part, I feel like. Uh, there's a lot of teams uh, that would probably take him and probably pay him less money. Uh, it was a couple of years ago he signed a five-year deal. It was $58.75 million with the Vikings. Now, he's been uh, a pretty good tackle for the Vikings. Nothing all-pro, but he's been serviceable at that left tackle spot. Um, but he's due. He has a $13 million cap hit. Uh, and if, they, if the Vikings cut him, they would uh, they would only have four million dollars of the cap, bring up nine million. Now, if you're asking me, that's enough money, I think, to give Delvin Cook right there with incentives and to be able to shore it up. Because the Vikings, remember, the Vikings also drafted Ezra Cleveland, uh, second round, 58th overall, uh, uber athletic left tackle um, out of Boise State. And I do, it, to be honest with you, having a signing bonus uh, of two points. Two million might hurt the Vikings a little bit in terms of you know trying to kind of keep their their salary cap uh, a little bit as, as high as they can to kind of resign both Delvin and Anthony Harris. I still think he, that, that that could be Riley Reef. I think he could be gone by the end or at least uh, by the end of the preseason uh, because again the Vikings are trying to find trying to free up cap if they just drafted a guy. My my stance on it is at least get him start starting right away, go through the growing pains, let him learn a couple thing or two, um, and I mean. I know from a certain perspective, though, people could say, oh, well, what about his confidence? Well, what about his confidence? Welcome to the NFL, man. That's what we're getting paid millions of dollars to do. I think they should, you know, just throw him in the fire, let him learn um, by getting burned a couple times, and then let him, you know, figure it out as as the years go by. But um, I I do think that a surprise cut for the Vikings would be a Riley Reef. I have one more. Go ahead. One more to add for next year, not this year. Bold prediction, Tristan Rancor, June 11th, 2020. Okay. I was said here first. Next year, after the next, after this coming season, the Packers will either move on from Aaron Jones or David Bakhtiari. Aaron Jones or David really? Bakhtiari, the best left tackle in the NFL, top two. What? Yeah, Why it's gonna happen. Think? They're both going into contract years. Aaron gets po- gets paid literally nine tenths of the salary, um, <laughs> <laughs> but it's. It's very unlikely they'll keep both of them. Just be given Green Bay's history of moving on from very good players, especially at the offensive line position. I mean, they didn't hesitate to move on from Brian Bulaga, who was arguably one of the best right tackles in the game. Yep. Um, they didn't hesitate to move on from TJ Lang, who was one of the best guards in the game. I don't think they're going to hesitate to get rid or move on from David Bakhtiari. Um, as much as it pains me to say it, he's been, he's been my favorite out of all of them. Um, I love Dubulaga, but I just it's just something about them. They just loaded up on offensive linemen in the draft. Um, they've, they're very good at developing offensive linemen. So, you know, David Bakhtiari next year, or Aaron Jones next year, depending on how A.J. Dillon comes along this year, I could see it, I could see it happening. Okay. Yeah, um, as far as I, I really only gave up one player, man, for maybe a surprise cut for next year um, ugh, for the Vikings. I'm sorry. I'm going to have to take a second for this one because, I mean, I can think of at least a couple different players off the top of my head. Uh, no, I got it. Anthony, 
Anthony Barr. No, Kirk is Kirk is cemented in. He owns the Vikings. Okay. Um, I think Anthony Barr could be the the next Viking cut, like the, the surprise Viking, because in his time in Minnesota, Anthony Barr, he, he calls the plays. He gets everybody lined up. He, he's assignment sound. Um, but the thing is, I've seen him get burned by running backs time again. And now that's not necessarily his fault. He's 6'5", 260 pounds. He should probably honestly be rushing the quarterback. But at the same time, uh, I, I just don't think that um, I don't think he's athletic enough to cover running backs. I think he has a tougher time uh, guarding tight ends. Uh, he's never really had uh, a gr- an amazing season in purple, even though he has been part of the, the, the Vikings defense in 2015. He was Mike Zimmer's first draft pick ever. Um, but I can see the Vikings possibly moving in on and, and, and inserting Eric Wilson because Eric Wilson has been a guy that I've seen make plays time and time again now. Um, again, Anthony Barr has uh, he's made plays, but I not from what you would see or hope to see from a guy that was uh, you know a top ten pick however uh, long ago since twenty twenty fifteen. So um, I, I think uh, now at the, at the same time though the the, the uh, it cannot be understated how much leadership means in a locker room and Anthony Barr does uh, is a big leader for the Vikings, but at the same time for how much he's getting paid, um, I, I I just feel like. He's gonna probably be say bye bye at some point, um, you know, being a ninth, former ninth overall pick, um, and I think that especially with the Vikings looking to extend Delvin and Anthony Harris, I think um, that's uh, um, I, I don't know really to be honest with you. Like I don't I don't think he's a, a guy that they could they could cut next year and it really matters. But because there's really not, off the top of my head, I can't really think of anybody that really needs a contract for next year. Just just you know spitballing here because uh, I mean if they take care of Delvin and. Anthony this year they shouldn't I don't think they have a, a really huge contract no it doesn't seem like it anyway um, let's move on to the final thing here Henry Ruggs the wide receiver for the Las Vegas Raiders uh, was caught uh, trying to help somebody move and he was got hurt basically um, and now as a man uh, that has helped a lot of his friends move and maybe it was one of his friends maybe it was just a favor he owned um, I think that a lot of people are probably going to look at this and say, okay, uh, immature, uh, something that shouldn't have happened. And you're probably not wrong. Um, but at the same time, I, I don't think it quite hit him yet. Like he's in the NFL. He is, now is the time where he is going to learn that he is probably one of the more important people on their roster. Like he is, he's a first round draft pick. He's, he's it. Um, but according to me, the reports, um, it says that uh, he was injured last month. He got pinned between a trailer and a car while helping a friend move. Um, he got stitches in his thigh, but no, but did not suffer any muscular uh, damage and ex- is expected to return for training camp whenever it is set to begin. Now, again, I don't think that it's necessarily the end of the world, but as an NFL player, I think it's one of those things where again he wasn't he wasn't expecting this. Like he wasn't you know uh, he wasn't th- forward thinking, and I think it's kind of a tough thing. Um, and at another time, I still get the point of trying to help a friend out, you know, because you, you want to be able to be a good friend and help them out. But at the same time, you're a million dollar athlete. Sometimes you have to be a little selfish, you know. That's at least my stance on it. Now, again, I understand him wanting to help a friend out, but this is this is your future. This is you going to change your and your family's future for at least the time being. Um, what about you? What, what did you think about the whole uh, Henry Rugg situation? So I'm trying to figure out how the hell it happened. Um, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if maybe and first somebody said a car if you're putting a hitch on a car on a trailer on a car that's your first problem uh, you shouldn't yeah. be putting them on cars you should be putting on on trucks but yeah. 
Um, I'm not, yeah, if the hitch wasn't on right, if maybe he was guiding somebody to back into the trailer and they went too far, I don't know. Like, yeah. that, my biggest question is how did that happen? I want to know. Uh, yeah. America wants to know how the <laughs> drugs got hurt. <laughs> but yeah. it's, it's likely somebody else's fault, more or less than his. But yeah. I, I do agree with you. Becoming an NFL player, you got to be careful. I'm, you have to take ridiculous care of yourself and look out for yourself. Um, you can't do anything. You really can't do anything that even puts you in a harm's way because of that potential of getting hurt and affecting your season. But it's not funny. He's just trying to be a bro, help his boys out, move some yeah. stuff. So I'm glad. I'm glad it wasn't anything serious, and I'm glad that he'll be able to start the season on time. Assuming the season starts on time, which it should. It's looking yeah, good. Hopefully. Um, hopefully. Hopefully. Yeah. Cancel the preseason. If I'm Roger Goodell, preseason's canceled. Um, one week Come before the preseason starts. Day? Yeah, no preseason. Screw the preseason. I've always hated the preseason. Ever since Jordy Nelson towards ACL in the preseason, I have had yep. the biggest grudge towards the preseason. And I just find more ways to hate it. I mean, it's good for the young players. Yeah, I want to watch Jordan Love play in the preseason because I want to see what he can do. But at the same time, it's absolutely useless to your older players. Maybe cut it to two games for good. I think four games is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I've always thought four games is ridiculous. Cut it to two games or one game. Maybe maybe uh, try to implement more of those joint practices with other teams. But I think the preseason is pretty stupid. Um, I've always thought it was kind of dumb, but... I think this year they should just rule out the preseason and plan on starting the regular season on time. Um, just to play it safe. Um, because, I mean, that probably will happen. If if another NFL player or two, or two test positive in the next month or so, um, they'll probably just say, okay, preseason's canceled. Yep. But I think it's something that should have been done already. But, yep. you know, we'll see. I'd like to see one or two preseason games. Um... I think next year, actually starting next year, that new rule is uh, going into effect, right? Three preseason games, um, 17 regular season games, and then the expanded playoffs. So I originally thought that was this year because I, I don't do my reading and I'm very uninformed individual. But, <laughs> That's and, not true. That's but, not true. He's back. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the shortening of the preseason. I'm not looking forward to the expansion of the postseason, but we'll no, see. No. Yeah, uh, I, I for one, um, I like to a three or four game preseason because obviously first game, you know, you kind of just get your feet wet if you're an NFL uh, rookie kind of just coming in. Second game, a little bit more experience for the starters and uh, or excuse me, a little bit more playing time for the starters and more experience for the rookies. Um, and then coaching staffs really heavily evaluate, you know, what is going to be their best, you know, roster moving forward. And then finally, that third game is the, the most that those starters see, maybe a, a quarter, maybe two at the very most. Um, and then they, they're kind of done. So, uh, and then that fourth game is just really to see which of your rookies really deserve to make that final cut. So, um, you know, I, I do get why there is four games because I feel like, you know, two games is just a few too many because, like, anybody, like, any rookie can play good for one, maybe two games and, you know, maybe just, you know, get it against third, second, and third screen, uh, th- second and third string scrubs. But at the end of the day, uh, you know, I think that that four game basis gives the coaches a little bit more of evaluation and, and be able to give let, lets them watch more film and be able to get with it. But um, but no, if uh, I'm, what's if I'm Roger Goodell, 
which I think I could probably take his job if I interviewed for it. Um, <laughs> Confidence. I, got, my, I love it. My, my proposal starting next year instead of the stupid did they already did three preseason games 18 regular season games 18 regular season games what six seeds per conference okay so it goes back three, to its original. two or three two or three preseason games i would lean more towards two but okay. because you want to see the rookies play give them three i think four is ridiculous i want to see 18 regular season games and I want to see the playoffs stay the same. I want to see six-team brackets. I hate seven. I think that's dumb. Uh-huh. Uh, if you're going to do seven, you should probably just do eight to make it even. Yeah. Uh, realistically, get some yeah. get some good old seven and nine teams in there. Yeah, but exactly. I don't know. I hate it. I think I think that I'm, I'm all for the the regular season getting extended a game or two. Uh, the the playoffs should not be expanded. I like them just the way they are. Yep. It's more competitive, yep. and preseason is pointless except for the rookies. Shorten it. Yep. I I actually don't know how I feel about that. I, you know, I think we'll make cover it. You know, we'll, I, we'll put that on the uh, the outline for next week. You know, talking about the you know our our full comebouts and everything. I'll maybe be a little bit more. Uh, be a bit more uh, informed in my way of looking at this, but I mean, I, I would still have to stew on it. But anyway, Henry Ruggs situation, happy okay. Um, probably better get out of here. Um, but I, I do appreciate uh, Tristan, man. It's it's always a pleasure. Um, be sure to join us next week, uh, Tristan. Uh, do you think uh, you, you could give us a close up next week, or would you want to do it right now of your of your of your Adams jersey? Oh, you want to see it? Hold on. Uh, well, you got to do this for our YouTube uh, for YouTube uh, viewers. All right. Give a real check it out. Check it out. Yep. Signed, yes, to a hundred dollar jersey. Uh, very righteous. Um, but anyway, uh, let's. Uh, I'm gonna get a uh, take us out here. I appreciate you guys all for joining us, uh, Tristan, my man. You know what it is. You know what it do. Yeah, it was a pleasure. Also, I'm gonna reiterate this week after week. Uh, fantasy, fantasy this year. I want to be in a league with you. Um, okay. First tight end off the board. I'm taking Jay Sternberger. Hundred percent, hundred percent guarantee it. He's going to be a breakout tight end fantasy. All the <laughs> listeners, all my, all of our listeners, draft Jay Sternberger. Maybe okay. not your first tight end, but draft him as a bench tight end. It'll it'll pay off. Right. Guarantee Jay it. Hundred percent. He's going to be Green Bay's next Jermichael Finley. Hundred percent mm-hmm. guarantee it. Yeah. All right. Uh, I'll hold you to that. Uh, you guys heard it here first. Jay Sternberger is going to be a breakout tight end for the Packers. Uh, I believe, and uh, we'll see if Rodgers can, in fact, make that true. But anyway, uh, from all of us here at the Sports Brief Podcast, so once again, make sure to give us a follow on all social media platforms. Check out our website at thesportsbriefpodcast.com. And finally, also remember to subscribe down below and give us a like and a comment uh, for the, everything that we covered tonight. And as always, peace out.